1: on into Locked On Cougars, the daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining me on this edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's show. Gonna a little non-traditional um, with a non-BYU related message, but also I think it can relate to BYU fans. It's in light of some recent things happening with the Utah Jazz. We'll talk about that. We'll also get to BYU football. Day 7 of spring ball. What were my takeaways? We'll also get to some audio from Kalani's Take, as well as a conversation I had with Aaron Roderick, BYU's passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So, a lot to get to on today's show, and we'll also catch up on everything that happened yesterday in other BYU team sports, as well as looking ahead to the schedule this weekend. So, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for March 15th, 2019. Hey everybody, my name is Jay Catch, host of Locked On Cougars, your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks for joining me on this Friday edition of the show. Weather shaping up here along the Wasatch Front for a good weekend. Hopefully you guys have big plans wherever you're listening to this, whether it be here in Utah or elsewhere. I know we have people listening as far away as the Philippines, et cetera. I love hearing where you guys are listening from. So if you want to weigh in, tweet at me or message me. You can email me as well. Locked on BYU at Gmail is the email account for this podcast. You also can tweet at me at Jacob C. Hatch or at the show. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is all on. At Locked On Cougars. You can follow us that way and weigh in. Let me know what you're listening from. But wanted to start off today's show by talking some BYU football. And there is a lot going on uh, with spring ball. And I know that people say, well, this is a little vanilla. There's not very much going on with spring ball. And I've been guilty of that. But I'm seeing a distinct trend coming out of spring ball. And uh, Kalani Satake, I spoke with him yesterday along with the rest of the media after practice. And I asked him the question, is this spring ball, are you planning on having a depth chart coming out of spring ball? And you're probably thinking, well, obviously they're going to have a depth chart. But the, the question would be, well, are you going to have the guys that are injured that you project to be starters on said depth chart, etc.? I didn't really necessarily specify that with Coach Sitake. But here was his response when I asked him that question.
0: I'd like to. I mean, we have a lot of new guys, and it's just hard to do that when there's a lot of injured guys too. So um, we'll probably have a a depth chart come out, but that could change too. So a lot of things that factor into it, and health is the number one thing. We've had a lot of guys out and a lot of guys that are taking advantage of that and getting the reps. I mean, Jaren's doing a great job with the, with the reps of the ones right now.
1: There you go, Kalani Satake. And I, I think that's interesting. He said, yeah, they, they'd like to have an idea of the depth. They kind of have an idea of who's where. And I, I like that idea because this spring period, we've talked about it on this podcast, that spring ball for BYU this year is going to be for a lot of chances for younger players, players who haven't necessarily been, approved, been able to prove themselves on the field to have an opportunity to make those impressions on the coaches. And if they're gonna have a depth chart, great. But I, I just wonder how they'll weigh having guys who are out you expect to be the starters versus guys who have shown what they can do in spring ball. I know it's a Relatively easy thing, but I think also there could be some questions that come up as a result of that. Um, some things I noticed yesterday. I guess one good sign was that Isaiah Kafusi was out there practicing. The stalwart linebacker for BYU. He's expected to have a big role on this team this year. I wasn't expecting him to uh, to participate, excuse me, at all in spring ball, but he did. He was out there yesterday working with the linebackers. Um, he's still limited. They're not going to toss him out into full team drills. Yesterday was, I believe, the first or second day the BYU had been in full pads that I that I understood, but it was good to see him out there practicing at the very least, working out with his teammates and getting some run. And I think that's a good sign that his injuries, his injury issues are behind him, and that's a great sign. Um with regards to other notes I took away from yesterday I feel like there's a very um, distinct uh, show uh, in terms of which guys are first string second string third string at, at this point of spring ball Jaron Hall is far and away the best quarterback in spring ball I don't have a problem saying that the coaches kind of alluded to that fact yesterday you're going to get to an interview with Aaron Roderick here in a moment and he'll say that Jaron Hall's done some good things but he also gives props to Joe Critchlow and also Baylor Romney he says they're continuing to good, do good things as well you'll hear him talk about that here in a moment, but I really feel like Jaron Hall is the number two guy behind Zach Wilson in terms of the quarterback pecking order at BYU. He's been lights out this spring. He's made plays with his feet and with his arm, and that's not to say that Joe Critchlow and Baylor Romney haven't done it. They have done that. They've made plays with their arms, and and in Baylor Romney's case, more particularly with his feet, but I feel like in terms of just overall ability, grasping the offense, a guy that can make plays if um, Zach Wilson were to go down with injury, etc., or he needed to be replaced for whatever reason, I think it's very clear at this point that Jaron Hall is going to be that guy. That doesn't mean that it can't change. We're only about halfway. After uh, Monday's practice for BYU, that'll be officially past the halfway point for BYU in spring camp. But at this point, Jaron Hall is your odds-on favorite, in my mind, to be the backup quarterback behind Zach Wilson going into fall. Uh, It was interesting to see the team out there yesterday. Aaron Roderick and Coach Satake said it was the best day that the offense had had in spring. They had done some good things. They had played extremely well. And a lot of it goes to the quarterback's play yesterday. Uh, there was a lot of work with um, in terms of the option game etc for BYU a lot of read option work etc and I don't know necessarily that BYU is going to make that something that they're going to use heavily going forward but I, I do like the fact that they have it in the repertoire so that's that's the good news is they are working on that and they're willing to employ it if they need to I think that is a great sign uh, for BYU they have that in their arsenal especially with guys like quarterback like a Zach Wilson, a Jaron Hall, a Baylor Romney who can do damage with their feet. In this day and age of football, quarterbacks that can make a defense consider their running ability, it gives you a schematic advantage and you need to have it in your back pocket. And that doesn't mean that a traditional quarterback more in the mold of Joe Critchlow can't be effective. Joe's got decent wills. They actually called a if it was a called QB run play yesterday, it was a mistake in calling that for him because yeah, he ain't a, he ain't a running quarterback that should have Uh, called run plays going for him but I do think that employing that read option game the the spread option etc having that in the arsenal is a great move Kalani Satake I asked him yesterday in terms of um, the identity of this offense is is, I asked him is this still a run first offense and here was his response
0: no it's a score first mindset I don't I'm not going to limit us to running the ball. uh, whatever we can get points on the board and um, aggressive minded football is what we want. So uh, going after what we did in the bowl game and all that, I think we build around our, our strengths, which is our quarterbacks. Um, so uh, quarterbacks, our quarterbacks are throwing quarterbacks. So we'll see how it shapes up, but that's the way I'm leaning right now.
1: There you go. Kalani Satake. And I think he's dead on. I want an offense that scores points. And he also said that our the strength of our team is our quarterbacks. I think he understands that the running back position, they don't have a Jamal Williams right now. Lopini Katoa, could he turn into that? Sure. Could somebody uh, be a graduate transfer into the program and become a stalwart running back? Absolutely hasn't happened yet. So use your advantages. Your quarterback or quarterbacks are your advantage at this point. Use them. And Klinezitaki talked about it. he wants to score points. That's been a very common theme with him through his tenure at BYU, going into his fourth season. He wants to see points on the board. I mentioned that Jeff Grimes went and visited UC Davis and his old uh, coaching counterpart in Dan Hawkins. Well, in terms of uh, what UC Davis has done, I know it's at the FCS level, but they have scored more touchdowns. They scored more. touchdowns in 2018 than BYU did in the previous two seasons combined I was speaking of 2017 and 2018 and I understand the offense in 2017 in particular was awful that's the easy way to put it but if a team can outscore you in one season touchdown wise even if it is at a lower level I think you can learn some things and they've done it they went and visited with Dan Hawkins and got some ideas so I think it's a good sign that BYU is working on their deficiencies. And Kline Satake is not sticking to his hard and fast. Earlier in his career, he would have said, yeah, we want to run the ball. He wants to play to the strengths of his of his offense of his players, and that is his quarterback and quarterbacks at this point. All right, let's get to it. I promised it a little bit earlier. Here's the conversation I had with Aaron Roderick. Not a very long conversation. He had to get off to some meetings, etc. But some good thoughts from him nonetheless. So here you go, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick with myself. About halfway through spring ball at this point. I think this is day seven officially. This offense had a lot of the headliners that weren't participating going through spring, but how do you feel the offense is progressing to this point?
2: Um, we've, made, we've made a lot of progress. Um, it's true we're missing a few guys, but there's, there's a lot of guys we're counting on out here. Most of our offensive linemen are playing, and um, you know we've got a good group of receivers that we're going to count on this year and um, making a lot of progress. With regards to the
1: quarterbacks, how do you feel those three that have been participating chiefly are doing?
2: Uh, they've, they've been doing a great job of taking care of the football. I mean, um, all three of the guys that have been taking reps have, have taken good care of the ball and um, throwing a lot of completions. I thought today, especially, we, we moved the ball up and down the field fairly well and threw a lot of, threw a lot of completions. Um, and Jaron, I thought, had a really good day, and Joe made a couple of nice plays as well, and Baylor does something every day that just keeps him in the mix. He's a, he's a super athlete, super athletic kid, and uh, so he's he's intriguing. With this offensive line, you're really
1: replacing just one guy at Hoyt's yeah. right tackle spot. Do you like that continuity with the guys that are already in place?
2: Yeah, those guys are good players, and they've they've been through some battles, and they learned they learned a lot of lessons this year. You know, good and bad, and some tough tough losses and some great wins. And um, it, the sky's the limit for that group, man. They're, they're tough and they're athletic and they're smart. And I can't wait to watch them. They're going to play together for a couple more years, most of them. What are your impressions of Coach Mateos? He's awesome. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, a, he's a lot more pleasant version of Ryan Pugh. <laughs> 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 Did you tell Ryan that? No, Grimey. That's that's what Grimey's reference to, oh, okay. to, to Mateos. But yeah, I think Pew knows that. That's what we. <laughs> no, he's 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 a great guy. He's a good coach, trained by by uh, Coach Grimes, but also worked with uh, one of the best O-line coaches in the game at Arkansas, who's who's now the O-line coach at Georgia. So he's he's got a really great background, great training, and uh, it's been fun so far.
1: There you go, Aaron Roderick. Thank him for taking the time. It was good to talk with him and kind of funny to hear him talk about Eric Mateos. He's a happier version of Ryan Pugh ragging on the former offensive line coach, now the offensive coordinator at Troy University, but thanks to Aaron for talking with me and you heard him talk about it. He said that the quarterbacks are playing well, but he says that Baylor Romney in particular just makes one play. He's at every practice that keeps him in the mix. Like I said, I still believe that Jaron Hall is the guy that will be the backup and will challenge Zach Wilson in fall camp, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the spring ball, if he just, if he starts to falter, that Joe Critchlow and, and or Romney can't step up and really step into that role. Alright, there you go. So my report from BYU Football, A lot lighter on terms of the specifics, I understand, but I wanted to get more kind of general themes with you guys. Spring ball is just hard to gauge because we're not necessarily preparing for a game. It's a bunch of practices. Alright, we'll come back on the other side. Uh, Utah Jazz owner Gail Miller took to the court last night at Vivint Smart Home Arena to talk about an unfortunate incident that happened earlier this week with the Utah Jazz. Her message though, I feel like is something that I wanted, well, I, I feel like needs to be played it needs to be more widespread so i wanted to let you guys hear it i thought she was very straightforward about how fans should act etc at contests i wanted to play it for you guys i understand it's related to the utah jazz i know david Locke has locked on jazz etc but it is national news but i thought that her message was timely for all sports fans and we'll get to that next right here on locked on cougars Welcome back. This is Locked on Cougars, your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, opinion, and insider information. Thanks again for joining me, J Catch, on this Friday edition. Reminder for you guys, when you're out and about and in your vehicle, whether you're making errands or you're running errands, not making errands, you're running errands or you're taking the kids to soccer practice, basketball practice, et cetera, or just commuting to and from work, use your personal assistant in the car and listen to this podcast. Tell it, play podcast Locked on Cougars as soon as you get in the car. We'll keep this podcast brief. We keep it to 30 minutes or less every day if at all possible and you always be up to date on all the BYU news and notes I would encourage you to use that resource I use it all the time I listen to multiple other locked on podcast network shows like locked on 49ers I listen to locked on jazz I catch a bunch of different ones it's great to and I even listen to some of the other college podcasts on this network so use it and simply tell your personal assistant play podcast locked on Cougars and you'll always be up to date with the latest in BYU news alright I mentioned before the break we're going a little bit um, outside of the BYU realm of things but I still think it applies to BYU fans etc and that is an issue that happened earlier this week with a fan who directed some racially insensitive comments at Oklahoma City star Russell Westbrook of course Russell Westbrook responded Um, it was an unfortunate incident all the way around but that fan has now been banned from Vivint Smart Home Arena for life he will never be able to attend another event I'm not saying just jazz games he cannot come back to this arena for his comments it was a big investigation going on. It put the Jazz in the national spotlight and I work for the Utah Jazz. Let's get that out of the way right now. I work for the Utah Jazz organization. I work for their flagship radio station. I freely admit that I'm not I'm, I'm not going to hide that from you guys. Any of the, any of you that know me know what I do for a job. I work for the Zone Sports Network, which is the Jazz flagship station. But The comments that Utah Jazz owner Gail Miller had last night, I feel like need to be played far and wide. I know that they've been all the rage on social media. They're still on all the national sports websites. It's one of the top headlines, her comments, but she absolutely nailed what fan behavior is supposed to be like at games. She was speaking directly to Utah Jazz fans, and I know a lot of my listeners who are BYU fans who live here in the state or went to school here may be Utah Jazz fans, so you're aware of this. But even if you're not a Jazz fan, these comments were absolutely incredible and I work for this organization I'm proud to work for this organization and I feel like her comments were direct to the point with enough force to really drive home the underlying message that we need to cut out the bad behavior in our in our sporting events cheer for your team there's no problem with that but don't cross the line I know the MLS has used that in past past years that that term don't cross the line Most people know where the line is at, but far too often we hear of unfortunate incidents like the one earlier this week with the Utah Jazz where fans do cross the line and it gets ugly. So here you go. Here are the comments in full from Utah Jazz owner Gail Miller last night before the Jazz took on the Minnesota Timberwolves.
3: Time, individual fans exhibit poor behavior and forget their manners. Some disrespect players on other teams. When that happens, I want to jump up and shout, stop. We have a code of conduct in this arena. It will be strictly enforced. Everyone who comes here, visiting teams included, deserves the right and the expectation to be treated with dignity at all times. When bad incidents like Monday night happen, it not only affects the player it's directed at, It also affects our players. Other teams are not our enemies. They are our competition. Competition is a good thing. It allows players to showcase their talents, and it allows fans to encourage, appreciate, cheer for, and enjoy those who share their talents with us. Our family has been stewards of this team for 34 years. We we love sharing it with all of you and receiving your support. It is also important that you support our players as citizens of our community and treat them and their families with respect. They have chosen to become part of our community and they make us richer with their diversity. My heartfelt request to all of you is that from this time forward, we all take pride in holding ourselves and those around us to the highest standard of decency. Use your energy cheering our team with your honest, sincere enthusiasm rather than degrading or demeaning players on the opposing team. No one wins when respect goes away. Let's be the supporting fans that our players know and deserve. Thank you. And go Jazz.
1: There you go. Utah Jazz owner Gail Miller. And my hat goes off to her. That was extremely impressive. The way she delivered that, like I said, it had the right amount of force, but it was direct and to the point. And I wanted to play that for you guys because – I've been to a lot of sporting events in my career and even just as a sports fan in general and I've seen some ab- abhorrent behavior. I I can't speak directly to having witnessed racially insensitive behavior, racially racial taunts being directed at a player, etc. I have not experienced that, but I have seen some abhorrent behavior between fans, fan on fan issues, fan to player issues, and I think the Gail Miller nailed it. Be there. Be loud. Be proud. Be happy for your team, but do not cross that line. Keep it above board. And I wanted to play that for you guys. Hopefully, we all can take it as a lesson learned because what happened earlier this week was absolutely disgusting. It was awful. It was ugly, and I don't ever want to see it again. And like I said, I can't speak directly to have having witnessed racially insensitive comments being directed at other fans or players, etc. But I have seen some. Awful behavior that 's been exhibited by fans and i want to I want to encourage you guys be loud and be proud, especially at byu that 's why I bring this podcast to you. I have passion for the BYU football program and the BYU sports programs in general. I grew up around this university it 's been a big it 's been a big part of my life. Anybody that knows me personally knows how big BYU was in my life growing up, and it still is so I want you guys to understand that i 'm not calling out BYu fans don 't get me wrong. It's just a reminder, based on what happened with the Utah Jazz earlier this week, that we all need to be a little kinder, a little gentler, and understand that, yes, sports is fun. Sports is entertainment, but it is not the end-all, be-all. There are bigger and more important things, and when you demean a person in such a way that they're they come away from it with negative feelings, et cetera, or respond in, a, in, a, in an equally or worse way. It's just, it, it's a bad look on everybody involved. So I would encourage you guys as sports fans, just keep it above board. Don't cross that line. Just keep it clean. Cheer for your team. If you want to boo, okay. Yeah. Boo the referees, etc., but really don't, just don't engage with opposing players, etc. It's just not worth it. All right, I'll step off my soapbox now, but I felt like those comments definitely needed to be played because it's a reminder for all of us, regardless of whatever we're doing, me working the media, fans, et cetera. It's worth hearing that and getting reminded of why we can't lose focus, of why we're at a sporting event, etc. All right, we'll come back on the other side. Much lighter tone here. We'll talk about some of the results from last night in BYU sports, as well as looking ahead to the weekend for other BYU teams in action. That's all coming up next, right here on Locked on Cougars.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA,
1: All right, as we close out this Friday edition of the Locked on Cougars podcast, I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. Please use that personal assistant when you're in your vehicle. Tell your personal assistant, your whatever phone you have, or if it's integrated into your vehicle, play podcasts Locked on Cougars, and you'll always be up to date with the latest in BYU news. All right, a lot to catch you up on. Let's recap what happened yesterday. Tough night on the diamond for both BYU softball and baseball. Softball blown out in five innings, 14-2 to by number 6 Tennessee in Knoxville, Tennessee. That game uh, just rough for BYU softball. Hopefully they can get back. They're back in action later today, and hopefully they're able to rebound from that because that was a rough loss. They're back in action at one o'clock Mountain Time today against number eleven Texas. Before a doubleheader tomorrow with rematches against number six Tennessee and number eleven Texas, those will be at ten a.m. and twelve thirty p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, The games with Tennessee will be on the SEC Network Plus or the Watch ESPN app if you want to watch it there. You also can listen to the Texas games with the Texas radio broadcast. There are links on the BYU Cougars website to both of those. Baseball last night opened a three-game set in WCC play against Gonzaga. Had their opportunities, but were unable to get runs across and lost 4-2 to two in 11 innings. So a tough loss against the preseason favorite Zags. They're back at it tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Time before finishing up the series tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Both games will be at Miller Park. Both games televised on the W.TV, or streaming, I guess I should say, on the W.TV, and also be broadcast on BYU Radio. Hopefully BYU can bounce back with a couple of wins. The pitching continues to be stellar. Jordan Wood had an absolutely stellar night on the mound last night, I thought, went six and two-thirds innings, but BYU unable to hold on and get a victory. So hopefully they can take the series by winning the next two games. You can watch those games, like I said, at the W.TV or go out to the games. The weather's shaping up to be pretty good this weekend along the Wasatch Front. You can go to Miller Ballpark and enjoy that there. I wanted to step back over to the softball side of things the BYU senior catcher Libby Sugg. She's been named as a candidate for the Senior Class Award on Thursday. She's a 2018 NFCA All-American Third Team Selection. She's earned various honors during her 2018 campaign. So she is now a candidate for that Senior Class Award. It's a prestigious award in NCAA. Um, you candidates from NCAA softball players from all over the country. So we're talking the top softball programs around the country are candidates for this. But cool to see her getting this. You have to be eligible for this, to be eligible for this. You have to be classified, As an NCAA Division I senior and have notable achievements in four areas of excellence community, classroom, character and competition. So you have to be a well-rounded individual as well as an athlete. So my hat goes off to Libby Sub. Best of luck to her finishing out her senior year with BYU Softball. Hopefully they can pick up some wins down there in Tennessee. And she's actually close to home. She grew up in Tennessee, so she's back home playing in her home state. Uh, One final note for you, and it was an insane comeback. I didn't see the end of this, but I saw the highlights this morning when I woke up. Number nine ranked BYU came back to claim a five-set victory over number four UCLA. If you haven't seen the kind of the final moments of this match go watch them absolutely incredible. It was a five set victory for BYU 30 to 32, 21 25. So they're down two sets. They rallied to take the final three sets 25 20, 25 16, 17 15. So we went into extra points in the fifth set, but BYU gets the win. Awesome comeback. Hat goes off to men's volleyball. That's a this is a character making win, I think, because they've had that win over UC Irvine, who was number three last week with a number nine win. I think it sets them up to have a, a good run here. I, I, I The volleyball team, to me, is something that BYU fans miss out on if they don't go experience it at the Smithfield House. I would encourage you to get to get out to the Smithfield House tomorrow at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. They are face Pepperdine. The waves are coming to town. That game will be televised on BYU TV. And just the atmosphere in the Smithfield House, especially like a, a match like last night. Absolutely insane, and I thought it was a fun time. All right, so there you go. That's a recap of what happened on Thursday. Running out of everything going on this weekend is the men's and women's track and field teams are in two different area, two different parts of the country tonight. They're both in the West, either in Las Vegas at the UNLV Invitational or at the Willie Williams Invite in Tucson, Arizona. So best of luck to the men's and women's track and field teams in action there. The women's tennis team is in action today in Provo, taking on the University of Portland. Men's tennis will follow that up with a with a set against Pacific at the indoor tennis courts. Both of those games have live streams available on the BYU Cougars website. I mentioned softball in action and baseball tonight and tomorrow. Women's Gymnastics has their senior meet tonight at the Smith Fieldhouse. They're in Provo. It's to be televised on BYU TV. You can get tickets at BYUCougars.com if you want to go out and watch the final home meet of the season for BYU Gymnastics. Uh, men's Tennis is back in action tomorrow morning when they take on St. Mary's. That's at 11 a.m. Mountain Time at the indoor tennis courts. A men's tennis team ranked in the top 25 in the country. They are extremely good this year. And also, they're still giving out free pizza, if I'm not mistaken, for all of their home matches. So go watch that. So there you go. That is the rest. Oh, sorry. One other note. I apologize. I missed this. The UNLV Tournament for Women's Soccer. It's the spring season for Jennifer Rockwood's team. They are going to be in Las Vegas tomorrow for two matches at 2 o'clock Mountain Time and 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Mountain Time, facing host UNLV at 2 o'clock, followed by Cal State Northridge at 5 o'clock. If you're in the Las Vegas area and you want to go watch some soccer, there's your opportunity opportunity to do so. Alright, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for bearing with me as we break down everything going on in BYU football. I had a great conversation that I'm going to play early next week with BYU safety Austin Kofensis. A lot of people wonder why he's not going back over to running back or playing another position outside of safety when there's so many contributors of that position. He explains that. He also talks about his learning to play on the defensive side of the ball and everything else going on with his football career. It was good to catch up with him, and we'll play that probably Monday or Tuesday next week. We'll get to that. It's a great conversation. It was a well-thought-out conversation. He has some great answers, and we'll get to that. Alright, thanks again for joining me. It's been a blast to bring this to you guys each and every day. Have a great weekend. Um, This weekend, stay tuned. We're going to debut a new feature of the podcast where it's going to be kind of a best-of weekend edition i'll take some of the interviews and segments from other podcasts during the week we'll mix and match them and we'll call it a best of i guess is what we'll do on the weekends so we'll get look for that coming out probably tomorrow and you can listen to that to tide you over till we get back on monday with a new edition of the podcast all right i am done for now thanks again for joining me this has been locked on cougars for march 15th 2019 have a great weekend